Hello and welcome to the latest Percipient podcast in our series, examining the future of hospitality finance. My name is Chris Stark, the Managing Director of Percipient. Today I'm pleased to be joined by Peter Gibson, the Finance Director for Hastings Hotels, a collection of luxurious four and five star hotels across Northern Ireland. Today we'll be discussing how Peter's role has evolved since he started working in hospitality, the challenges being faced in hospitality finance, and how he overcomes them, and what he thinks the future holds for the hospitality FD. Great to have you with us today, Peter, and thanks for your time. Thank you. It's uh, nice to be invited uh, to do this. Okay, so Hastings Hotels has an impressive portfolio of hotels and venues. Can you tell us a little bit more about them and, and your role within the business? Sure, yeah. So Hastings is it's a family-owned business which started off its life in the licensed pub trade, uh, but has been operating its current guys in the hotel sector for just under 60 years. It was founded by Sir William Hastings, who purchased the first hotel in 1964. Uh, and since then, the group has operated a number of different hotels over that period. I think probably about, I don't know, 14 hotels in total over that period. But laterally, it's focused on the four star and the five star market. And now we operate a portfolio of six, as you say, quite luxurious hotels, all distinct uh, and individual in their own way. And for many years, the Hastings Group has really been synonymous with travel and tourism within Northern Ireland. As you can imagine, the business has been through a lot of trials and tribulations over the last half century or so. Uh, and I joined the business just over two years ago, and my role is, is finance director for the group. Okay. And so can you tell us a little bit more about your background personally and, and then your journey into working in hospitality? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been quite a, a long and convoluted route, I can tell you that. Um, I actually started off my career in financial services. Uh, I trained as an accountant with Deloitte in London, although back then they were they were known as Touche Ross in those days. Yeah. Uh, and I found myself working with various banks and insurance companies and brokers and so on. Uh, I had the opportunity to go and work in Australia for a couple of years in Melbourne. Um, but when I came back to London, I felt that it was maybe time to, to come back to Northern Ireland. So I then worked for IWG PLC, the Global Serviced Office Operator, uh, first as financial controller and then as CFO for the UK operations. And I was there probably for about 16 years in total. Uh, and really, I, I realized that for most of my working life, working either outside of Northern Ireland or for global organizations that I guess I had my back turned to Northern Ireland in some ways. And I wanted to make a move into a company that was involved in really showcasing what Northern Ireland has to offer. And I thought, well, what better place to do that than in the, in the hospitality industry? Yeah. And the role at Hastings came up. It was a, the Hastings was a brand that I was very familiar with. Uh, and also, in some sense, there is a there's a similarity in business models between serviced offices and co-working and hospitality because they're both service-based industries uh, whose success, in some part, is all about keeping your properties full. So, so actually, Hastings was was really my first foray uh, into the hospitality industry, and I've been with the organisation now for, for just over two years. Okay, you certainly joined at an interesting time, I guess, with uh, just pre-COVID. I remember yeah. uh, I came over and I met Howard at, um, at the Stormont Hotel just before you started, just before COVID hit. So he was giving us an insight into 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 what he saw your role being and and and, and helping to change the business. So I guess 
can you give us a little insight perhaps into if it has changed perhaps how you see your the role as the FD in hospitality how it's perhaps changed has your role changed at all in the last two years or, or perhaps yeah. more general I suppose how you see the the role of the hospitality FD has changed I mean, I would imagine that it's really quite similar story across all industries. Um, the role of FD, I would say, has changed significantly over the last 20 years, uh, certainly over the period that I've been working. Um, I think gone are the days of, of the FD being seen as the, the scorekeeper in an organisation, the person who writes the checks and gets the accounts out and so on. Thankfully, technology has changed most of that. So the nuts and bolts of accounting can all be done by computers, which is the way it should be. And I guess now the CFO has a number of different rules. Uh, Yes, there is still a rule in terms of the stewardship of the assets of an organization, but the rule is now much more forward-looking and has expanded to incorporate strategy and business partnership. So I try and spend as much of my time as I can looking forwards and not backwards. Uh, trying to provide the organization with whatever tools and information they need to run their business as profitably as possible. Uh, and I try and use my own experience and advice to, to lend insight to that business. Technology has inevitably played a massive role in, in how the role of the finance director has changed over the years. Uh, and as a result in many organizations, it falls to the finance director to, to lead the digital transformation strategy, I guess. And that's been, that's been no different at Hastings Hotels. So you started a project to replace your finance system uh, as the pandemic hit back in early 2020. Can you talk us through why you made that decision, sort of the selection process that you went through and then the key drivers behind making that change? Sure. Um, I mean, when I came in uh, to the organisation, I had inherited really a very basic uh, finance package that uh, had been in place so long, I think that no one can actually quite remember when it had gone in. Uh, I mean, making tax digital and the requirements of making tax digital obviously gave us a a very hard uh, uh, and deadline-driven reason for for making a change because our our old system just just wasn't in any way uh, compliant with the making tax digital rules. Uh, But even putting that to one side, the functionality was just so sort of basic and manual that it was crying out for a change. Most of the work was being done on paper uh, there was a significant amount of keying and rekeying of data in the spreadsheets uh, and we had very basic reporting capabilities and all of that meant that we had a very slow, closed process and, and really quite limited financial information. So we wanted a system that would provide us with those, uh, you know, it was compliant with uh, the tax rules, but also that would provide us with upgraded functionality. Um, but also we were looking for something that would be quite light and, and agile and, and not overly cumbersome. Um, we wanted a, a strong financial platform at the core of our systems that would be easy to use, um, but which also had strong reporting capabilities. And that was one of the things, I guess, that attracted us to, to Sage Intact, yeah. just it, it sort of uh, ease and simplicity of use, but also it, it had that, that very strong reporting uh, functionality within it. And also we wanted something that could deal with not just, just multi-entity reporting, but also that would enable us to, to slice and dice the data uh, at, at different levels as well, so that we could look at uh, 
profitability and performance at a multi-location and a multi, multi-departmental level. Um, I guess we were conscious that a full ERP system can be quite unwieldy, um, but, and, and you know, it can be quite difficult to get an ERP system that is perfect for, for every part of the business. So we decided to go with something, you know, a very strong core financial platform, but one which we felt that we could easily integrate best-in-class modules into that, like procurement, payroll, HR, and so on. So again, uh, Sage Intact seemed to, 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 you know, to give us that flexibility to, I suppose, bespoke the, the, the sort of technology solution to, 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 to what we actually wanted. Okay. And I know the, uh, the reporting, obviously, that improving that close process were, were key to, to what you wanted to achieve. And, and looking back, I guess you, you have achieved. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in terms of that, that, that financial, financial transformation project that you went through, I guess, uh, you know, in hindsight, if you look back on that journey, would you have any advice for anyone looking to undertake a similar project based on the experiences that, that you and the team have been through? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to be accused of teaching any of your learned listeners how to, to, to suck eggs. But I guess, you know, from my own experience, I'd recommend really taking the time to think about what it is that's core to your business and, and, and what it needs. So actually just start with a blank sheet of paper, write down those core requirements and get rid of all the baggage from the past. Uh, you know, don't just sort of blindly replicate what you've got there. Actually just start from scratch and have a real think about it. But crucially, I, I guess, uh, and there's a danger with sort of finance systems and finance systems implementation that, that because it's a finance system, you involve finance people. But I think it's very important to involve people from outside the finance team yeah. uh, in that project and look at it from the, from the user's perspective. You know, I don't, I don't see Sage Intact as being the finance system. And I, I, I try my best not to refer to it as the finance system because we've got non-finance team members using Sage Intact. Uh, our general managers log on to Sage every morning to have a look at their performance dashboards and to see what the level of trading was like for the previous day. So it's really important that the, the tool that we selected uh, is um, from a user experience perspective was very user friendly and people with a non-finance background uh, would be able to use it. Um, as I said, I, you know, the, the, the route that we went down was, was very much sort of, we, we want a bit like building a, a holiday these days, I guess, rather than just going to one provider and getting a sort of a package holiday. We thought, well, look, let's, let's get a core, a strong core finance platform and then hold on to that, all the, you know, the, the, the strongest integrations that we can that we can find out there so that we know that for every single part of the system we've got the uh you know the best in class technology that's out there and again that was one of the things that attracted us about sage intact because uh you know we it's very easy to to integrate in other tools uh through sort of api technology and uh, you know that that's already proving a real benefit to us because we're we're now looking at implementing a new PMS system within the organisation, and many of those PMS providers that we're looking at, they've already got pre-built integrations in place with with Sage Intact, 
um, that we just wouldn't have had with our old system. So I think thinking ahead towards those other parts of the system and how you might want them to link into your 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 core finance package, um, you know, would be a very key part of the process. Okay, I think it's interesting what you say there as well. We often find with some of our customers, quite rightly so. The money's kind of spent on sort of customer facing um, systems, booking systems, etc. And then quite often they do all that and they're left with what is quite an archaic finance system underneath it, perhaps as you yeah. said there, and some spreadsheet led, a lot of data rekeying and, and really implement a system like, like you have really then then enables that. And customers have often kind of described it as the heartbeat of the organization because people are logging onto dashboards, not just looking at financial data, but but other data as well. We've got customers who track energy consumption, sustainability through it as well. And That's a, those dashboards are like, say, are becoming the, the, the day-to-day places where, where people are going to, to access data, access information that, that's driving their job. I, I have a little chart that I like to share with the managers every now and again when we get together that, that just shows our sort of IT uh, infrastructure and, and how it all fits together. And um, uh, you know, Sage Intact is, is always right at the heart of that architecture you know everything else ultimately comes back to to that and, and that's the system that we you know we see as being our, our core system for for getting into and understanding how the business is performing yeah no it's good feedback i think as i say that's as i've gone as we've gone through these series of webinars that's a thing that has really come out really that, mm-hmm. that heartbeat that you know that driving force really behind behind the business so are there any, any focus areas or, or key initiatives that you have in place at Hastings to stay on top of the, of the current climate or, or to drive efficiencies? Yeah, so I, I guess getting Sage Intact in place, that was, the, that was the cornerstone of what was to become our, our digital transformation program. So we're about 18 months now into that program. Uh, and our first priority was to upgrade all of our back office administrative tools. So uh, since putting in Sage, we've put in place a new e-procurement tool, which means that probably about, I think, 85% of the 30,000-odd invoices that we process every year can now be processed completely electronically and imported straight into Sage in in a matter of seconds. Um, We've also implemented implemented a new HCM system called Forth, yeah. uh, which is again hospitality focused uh, and because of Sage's import functionality again we, we can import payroll data at a much greater level of granular detail than we were able to previously and we're also then developing out other areas such as recruitment so we put in place a new ATS system uh, and we're also looking at how we can develop our, our learning and development capabilities so that employees can now uh, undertake and complete their whole uh, training and learning program online as well. So, so that was phase one, which uh, I, I guess, dare I say, it was probably the most straightforward piece uh, to do all those tools. Um, and as I said earlier, we've, we've now just started the second phase of our digital transformation program, where we're having a look at what we can do with our with our core PMS system. So, uh, uh, we just started that program, and um, you know, I'd say that's easy going to be a sort of twelve to, to eighteen month process. Oh, exciting times! I think you're certainly very forward thinking. So, yeah, and then in the two years, you've certainly covered covered a lot since you started. Yes, yeah. So I think I'll need to take a, a lie down in a, a dark room at the end of all of this. <laughs> Enjoy the summer when it comes. Yes, yes. 
So I guess so that last question then, perhaps crystal ball time, what do you think the future holds for, for the hospitality FD and, and how do you see your role changing or that of your team perhaps in the coming years? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, I suppose, in terms of, um, you know, uh, how technology is going to play a role in, in the hospitality industry. I suppose in some sense that depends on, on what type of hospitality or, or hotel organisation you are. Um, I mean, at, at its core, we're a people-based business. Uh, and perhaps that's, you know, maybe one reason why the industry has been a bit slow off the mark in, in embracing technology. Um, most organizations are already well down the path of digital transformation when it comes to their non-customer facing activities. And, and if they aren't, then obviously they should be. But technology is already starting to take hold in some customer facing type services like contactless check-in and virtual concierge services. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some hotels out there where you can, you can go through your entire stay without meeting a single human being, get yeah. served, a, served a beer by a robotic bartender if you want. <laughs> Um, now that wouldn't be my preference, and, and clearly it's it's not going to work in today's four and five star hotels because there's still a certain level of, of expectation from guests as to what they get. But yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how guests' expectations evolve over the next decade. I mean, I was talking to my father there over the weekend about air travel and what it was like in the in the fifties and sixties, and you know, in those days somebody would have carried your suitcase out to the plane. <laughs> For you, you know, that was just the norm. And obviously it's not the norm now. People don't expect it other than in the, you know, perhaps the, the, the you know, the, the most premium services. So I think guest expectations do change. But one thing that technology has brought us, I guess, is that there's a huge amount of data out there now about people in terms of their likes and their dislikes and what they spend money on, what they like to do. Um, and I can see that, I can see companies spending more time using that data to perhaps bespoke and tailor the guest experience to, uh, you know, to, to their particular needs and likes, particularly at the luxury end of the market. Um, and I guess analysing and interpreting that data uh, often falls to the finance function. As a, you know, it suits our skill sets. So I can see, I can certainly see the finance director and the finance function perhaps getting more involved in. Uh, in, in that side of things. No, so thank you very much, Peter. I think as a summary, um, I normally I normally can summarise quite quickly in some of these, but I think there's lots of lots of key points that you you flagged there and and raised. Obviously, the, how the role of the FDs changed over the twenty years. You you talked about going from as a, a scorekeeper and just signing checks to to much more now stewardship and and driving the driving the, the transformation and, and leading that insight. Um, some really interesting points as well about the technology and how. For you, the system you implanted there, Sage Intact, has become the heartbeat of the organisation, and, and you're using that now to to get more and more data from it, and and, and changing obviously, and, and why you changed, and, and I think where you were, where Hastings were when when you started, is quite similar to, to a lot of the customers that we deal with in terms of that they've got the archaic financial package that the still got lots of spreadsheets around it that they're rekeying information in. It's time consuming, and and how the process you went through and what you implemented has really helped you drive that and, and, and improve the closed processes. And, and I know obviously we've spoke many times about how important the reporting element has been for, for you. And hopefully that'll continue to, to be the case as you drive forward and, and the dashboards as well are central to, to what you do within the business. Okay, so thank you very much, Peter. Thank you for your time today. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Chris.